Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and everybody else who has nothing better to do on a Friday night. We are Eat Sleep Podcaster Beat. I am Sean Hood, and that is Dave Taylor. How you doing, everybody? And we are the hosts of FM 99 and the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast since 2017. The number one! That's right. Number one in your dream. Number number, number one in your hearts, baby. Uh, <laughs> we are a wrestling podcast, deep dive into all things pro wrestling. And uh, we've been doing this for about three years, and it is always a lot of fun. Uh, it is, it is, it's not always easy. I'm going to put it, I'm going to put that out there. It's not always easy, but it is, it is usually a lot of fun. It's behind uh, the scenes stuff where it's like, why does this not work? Why does that not work? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Technology is amazing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> In any event, here we are. And, uh, let's, we got lots to talk to you about tonight. We got some news we're going to get into. We got Halloween Havoc to talk about. We got Hell in a Cell. There's tons to talk about so let's hurry up and get the business out of the way uh which the business consists of how you can find us mainly fm99.com and 1069thefox.com right under the media tab espr links you to our main soundcloud feed so you can listen to all of our previous episodes there with all of our all of our previous uh, uh, in, uh interviews and everything we've ever done our reviews our previews and uh let me tell you some some of the reviews go back and listen to some of the reviews some of them are quite good there's a particular yeah. show over the last like three-ish years that you're like I wonder what those guys thought of that. Go check it out because I promise you there's a review for it there. And uh, on top of which, we've also got interviews with people like legendary Mick Foley, uh, Drew McIntyre, Big E, uh, uh, The Miz, um, tons of people, Seth Rollins. So go check any of those out if you get a chance to. By the way, the Drew McIntyre show is now mm-hmm. our second most listened to show. Of, well, there of, you go. The history of our show. Like it's just uh, with him winning the championship and everything else. Number two. Nice, nice. So. so go check that out again. It's all at, uh, or you can find it all. The easy link to it is on 1069thefox.com and fm99.com under the media tab ESPR. Uh, if you want to just find us on all your major podcasting apps, you can do that too. Just search ESPR Wrestling and you find us everywhere that you find podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and a review. We greatly appreciate it. And if you want to stay in touch with us, lots of ways to do that. Facebook.com slash ESPR99 on the Twitter at ESPR99. And make sure you turn on notifications after you follow us on those. So when we go live, just like this, you can be a part of the show and uh, throw in your questions and comments, which we love to hear. If you can't be around during the show, make sure to email us all the time. You can do that, ESPR at FM99.com. So that takes care of the business. So, hey, hey, Jimmy Snyder throwing in a what's up. What's up? What's up, Jimmy? Uh, It is, uh, without further ado, time to uh, let's get into some news, Dave. Yeah, man, lots of wrestling news to go over with this week. And uh, I guess the one, because... Um, oh, this- by the way, hold on. I'm going to throw this out there, the wrestling news, because Dave mentioned this briefly last week, but he actually sent me the link and everything. Hey, how about your boys in the top 60 wrestling podcasts to be listening to on the internet? Yeah. yeah that was pretty good on... What was the what was the, the site? <laughs> going to make me look it up. Uh, Podfeed or something like that? or, or- Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Anyways. Totally that- wrong. We will get it right before the show is over. So. It was, it was uh, the top 60 wrestling podcasts you need to be listening to in 2020. And uh, this was as of, like, earlier this month. And yeah. it was, uh, it we were. I think we came in at number forty, and I was like, "I'll take that." Yeah, top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that top eighty percent or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was considering the uh, competition for uh, podcast uh, feed spot. By the way, is what it's called feed spot. That's what it was. Yep. But that was, uh, that was really cool. Like it was awesome to be, uh, to be uh, put on that list with a lot of really great other shows. So by all means. Yeah, Thank, yeah. Thanks to those guys. But anyways, I, like you were saying, let's go ahead and get with the actual wrestling news, not just news about us. All right. So so when you watch uh, Raw on Monday, you're, you're going to see a change with uh, Matt Riddle because uh, Riddle me this. He is no longer Matt Riddle. 
he is just riddle. Well, yeah, so so WWE uh, has uh, made a name change with that. Uh, riddle, by the way, says this is okay because uh, Matt Riddle is my real name, and growing up, people would call me Riddle. I'm sure it's fine. I don't think he'll have an issue with it. I mean, Riddle's fine. I mean, it's not like it's going to cause any problems. It's so funny because everybody, I saw people griping about it online, and there's this couple of reasons. The one, I saw the reason for the change reportedly is because of search responses that people would get when they would type in Matt Riddle on the internet to search for him, and it would come up with that sexual uh, 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 assault case. Ah. Uh, And they didn't like having that connection to Matt Riddle. So they dropped the Matt from his name. So you search for Riddle WWE to find him instead of Matt Riddle. Uh, so at least it's not coming up first in your search returns. Yeah. Um, so that was a tactical move on their part. And I saw a lot of people complaining about it online. And I'm like, first of all, name changes. I mean, yes, they can be stupid. They can be absolutely stupid, right? Murphy. Like, Mur- Murphy. I, but that but that didn't really hurt Murphy. Murphy. They, no, he's, they, he's doing good now. He's doing fine. I mean, uh, I look at something more like Shorty G, which was a whole repackage of the gimmick, which made him a ridiculous joke. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, it wasn't just the name. Because we've seen guys change their names, and that doesn't have to cause them any issues. I mean, like, Tommy End debuted in NXT uh, as Tommy End, but then they changed the name to Aleister Black. It worked just fine. It doesn't matter. Um, you, you can change people's names and it's not going to hurt them as long as they're booked correctly. That's the key. So Riddle's booking will be what determines whether he rises or falls after this. And really, with everything going on about him, and I'm not here to discuss his innocence or his guilt or anything like that, but with the situation around him and how it's continuing to be a problem, he's lucky he's still employed. Yeah. So a name change is the least of his concerns. Yeah, given everything that's going on right now with, with the environment, uh, I, I think that's probably why they're not seen holding off on this push because he just kind of seems to be mm-hmm. simmering right now. I mean, he's getting high-profile matches. He's just not winning them. You know, which is, he's also kind of like the new guy, too. I mean, you know, because we always talk about, you know, some guy's not going to come in and just beat everybody. I mean, everybody can do that. He's having competitive matches, but yeah, I guess you're just kind of like a wait and see because obviously he's a draw, but if obviously if it becomes a problem, then they'll make a change. Yeah. Uh huh, 100%. But I mean, again, the booking will be what matters after this, not the fact that his name's Riddle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, WWE having an amazing year. Mm-hmm. Not at the box office, because there's no box office, but uh, subscribers nope. are still up over a million. Uh, they got the, the big money from the uh, TV deals, and they fired a lot of people, and it's their most profitable year ever. <laughs> it's funny how that works, isn't it? It's the TV deals. It's all the things they managed to work out so that they didn't have to stop doing live shows. Uh, that makes a big difference. People talked about, like, they complained about how it looked and everything. Oh, and it they didn't like the shows when the pandemic started and they had to stop having fans and this, that, and the other thing. But here's the thing. that The fact that they, is that they had TV deals they had to honor. Yeah. Or, you know, they had to. And this allowed them to keep generating a profit even without the fans coming in. And so this this shows you, like, like, the TV is is where their money is. Now, they also talked about how they, and this was a smart move on their part. I was wondering how it would work, and it's worked out pretty well. Um, so the paid subscribers for the network has gone up. Uh, I think they said 6% over the same quarter last year. Wow. And one of the reasons for that being they, invent, they, they, they unveiled this uh, free tier, which people could see some stuff, but not everything. And so then that would give people a taste of what the WWE Network was, and then they would want more. And it's worked out for them so far because, again, they're up 6% over the same quarter last year. So, I mean, they're doing well with all that. Yes. 
Uh, Philip brings up a good question. I thought they would have lost a ton of money from WrestleMania 36. Well, in, in some ways, yeah, they didn't get that, you know, I don't know what, what millions and millions of dollars from that. But, you know, they made money from other, other avenues with that, mm-hmm. you know. And one thing, they don't have the expense is of the house shows. I mean, that wasn't really a big money maker. That was something that I think has been talked about, you know, them not even doing as much anymore. And he definitely cut back. The that schedule. probably, in all honesty, the not having house shows was probably incredible. Like, that was probably one of the most helpful things because oftentimes those were, those were, were like money sucks. They were not yeah. making money on those. Yeah, yeah um, that's why the, I mean the touring has been different because I mean they would still come here because they would do respectable. I mean I'm assuming they came. Ahead. Oh yeah, and, I'm not. I'm not saying they wouldn't do fine. They but, wouldn't but, do okay. But there's some markets that you know they'd probably go. They probably took a bath at. You know, it's like, I'm, oh, I'm not going to center top guys. Today. I'm assuming a lot of the times that if they made money on them, it wasn't much, and really it was just something they did because they felt like they had to be doing. I'm wondering if when life returns to what we recognize as normal. Uh, after the pandemic, and and we, I was, I was talking to a friend the other day, and I referred to it as a COVID-free world, and they said, "Well, I don't know if that'll ever happen." And I was like, "Okay, well, that you're probably right. It won't leave completely, but much like the flu, a COVID-controlled world, you know, where we have a more of a handle on it. Um, yeah. When we get to that point, will they will they go back to doing house shows? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, because I think I think what you were saying, the pros outweigh the cons here, in that. The, they're not losing on the money's on the one, not losing money on the ones that aren't drawing, and yeah. they're not uh, the talent isn't having to work as much. Yeah, which you know, prevents you know the injuries. I mean, the wear and tear still happens, but the wear and tear, which the talent has to love. And I don't know what back end deals they have because you know back in the eighties and nineties, guys used to get paid for house shows. You know, they wanted yeah. to work with Hogan because that was a show that was going to sell out. You were going to get paid a lot more money, or maybe your merch was going to sell if you if you were you know a face at the time because you know that that stuff sold. I know that the talk is, I guess, with the Super Bowl, because it's going to be in the same stadium where WrestleMania will yeah. be next year, yep. is that they would use the same capacity of what the Super Bowl does, which I think it's is like 20%, 20%, 20% yeah. of the stadium. Which, you know, I mean, at some point, I know they want to get the fans, but I guess they'll see how the end of it. It's kind of weird, because usually the WWE would be in the venue before the NFL gets in the venue. You know, it, 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 this is, now it's the other way around. Um so I'd be curious to see how the NFL pulls it off, you know, because I mean, WrestleMania is a big money making weekend, you know, with Hall of Fame and, and, you know, and for the independents and stuff that do shows, you know, they mm-hmm. still may not be able to to have that. Uh, I know t- uh, Florida is a little bit different with restrictions because they don't have as many in some spots. Well, but- anyway, Florida is kind of the Wild West, Dave. <laughs> Let's be perfect. Even even before we had a pandemic, Florida was already kind of the Wild West. So this shouldn't be a shock. But but it's you know a lot of it's up to the leagues and the and the venues as well because of the responsibility they have to bear of of you know sanitation and, and everything else of of you know I don't know I mean it, it's it's about to be November we're we're a couple months away from the Super Bowl we're we're a little further away from WrestleMania you know I, I don't know what's going to be happening then but uh, but if they can do twenty percent you know they'll they'll find a way to make that happen so. oh without a doubt without a, if they can they will we know that. We know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, Vince McMahon documentary is mm-hmm. uh, is going to be uh, put on uh, put on Netflix uh, down the road. Bill Simmons, of a, a longtime ESPN guy, big wrestling guy, is is uh, working on this, and this is apparently like one of the biggest things that Netflix has spent money on in regards to a documentary. And I'm wondering. Is it? Let me ask you this: Is it going to be, you know, is it going to be like a Michael Jordan style documentary where you know Jordan had his hands all over it, or is this going to be kind of like a little bit on the outside 
where it doesn't have Vince's touch on it. Oh, there's there's one thing we know about Vince McMahon. There's zero chance that he's not going to have his hands on this. He Vince McMahon can't do something he doesn't have. And I think he learned his lesson with stuff like uh, um, Beyond the Mat. Um, because he has, uh, or Bruce Pritchard specifically has spoken about that uh, on the Something to Wrestle With uh, show uh, before. And he's talked about how Vince didn't love how some of that was portrayed and how some of the business was portrayed and how some, like, he did. I don't think Vince liked not having control over the end product. Yeah. Uh, Charles, <laughs> Charles with the Vince McMahon, it'll be such good. Sh- you're probably right, Charles. You're probably right. That's exactly what he'll think of it. Yeah, yeah. And Jeffrey says, by the way, you know this another one after he passes away in 100 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, none of us will be around here to watch it. I'm sure he will. He'll still be here to watch it. Somehow. Uh, you do bring up a good point because that, and then, like, it wasn't too long after that, too. I think it was the uh, the Bob Costas interview, um, or that might have been more in the 2000s, but, um, right. you know, where he just, you know, got a little testy with, with everything else. Yeah, you know, you gotta wonder if that stuff's gonna it, be talked about. You know, Vince doesn't want to answer. He, Vince doesn't want to answer real questions. He wants to answer questions that he can control. Yeah. yeah. So he, and Charles says he's a control freak. But you know, the Mike Jordan documentary was that same way with you know people he talked to. Or, or oh, how I'm not saying it won't be stuff. good. Vince McMahon yeah. has made a lot of good stuff over the years. He's made a lot of good sh- over the years. But he that doesn't mean that it was completely genuine. It's it's gonna he's gonna. We're going to get Vince McMahon's version of a Vince McMahon documentary. Now, I mean, ESPN making this and everything, I'm sure they're going to push for a little bit uh, uh, more than we would see from just Vince McMahon. If if WWE was making it, we'll see a different angle. But Vince is going to have some control over what they choose to discuss and, you know, how how much he's going to answer. Well, because I am curious with, like, animosity, you know, are they going to have people who he's had fallouts with speak in this documentary? You know, it's got guys like, I mean, people are still around. Uh, I mean, Hogan's had his ups and downs and stuff with them, right? But uh, you know, guys like that. I mean, I kind you know David Schultz, who Jesse Ventura, you know, you know got blackballed from the business. Ventura with the, you know the big lawsuit where you know they had to take his audio out of of all the clips that they were showing mm-hmm. you know for years, you know, and, and redub audio. Yep. You, you got to wonder that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and the other thing with this is uh, okay, it was HBO did the Andre the Giant documentary that was, which that was, was amazing, well done. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be like more that way, or is it going to be like, you know, the WWE produced documentaries, you know, when they talk about, you know, the history of the WWE. I don't think it's going to be either. I think it's going to be an, an, an ESPN style, uh, uh, documentary. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I think obviously not quite 30 for 30, but I think we're going to get something feeling similar to that. Well, they bring up the angle when Stephanie was pregnant and and Vince. I know. No, there's no. That's in their documentary, you know, which is just amazing. This publicly traded company. They're not going to they're not going to bring up that. They're not going to bring up Katie Vick. They're not going to bring up uh, 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 Owen Hart and Chris Benoit. And I mean, we're not talking about these things. I can pretty I can pretty much get unless Vince blows me away, which is possible. I mean, Undertaker blew a lot of us away when he started answering a bunch of questions and everything. Um, It's it's entirely possible that Vince maybe finally goes, F it. Let's go ahead and talk about some of this stuff. But I can't see it happen, and I just don't think he will discuss a lot of the topics people want him to discuss. Yeah, you, you got you got to wonder, uh, you know, what, what what skeletons will be unveiled that uh, we just don't know about who they're going to talk to. You know, you got to think of like the secrets of like you know the money that they, that he gave to ECW in the nineties, mm-hmm. which a lot of people that'll come like. up, I'm sure, especially with especially with Paul still under WWE contract. Yeah, you know, the relationship with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, the business side. And then when that ended, when that folded. 
We're going to find out that WWE still fund like WWE's funding impact wrestling to still be around now. <laughs> our, our main, well, I think, is it Evolve? That's the one, right? We don't, we don't see yeah. Evolve doesn't have shows yeah. right now, at least that I'm aware of. Which, by the way, while we're all over here talking about WWE, AEW, occasionally like Ring of Honor, NWA, New Japan, stuff like that, Impact Wrestling is off living on a whole nother planet. They, I don't know if you've seen any of their stuff re- recently, but I've watched some of their stuff recently. And like for just as for instance, uh, there's a character on there named Rosemary that I'm I like a lot. I'm quite fond of her. Um, but she they did a marriage angle, and she got married to a guy named John E. Bravo, which yes, dumb. Um, and in the marriage angle, the lights went out, and somebody shot Johnny e. Bravo, and it oh. ended with Tommy Dreamer going, "Who shot Bravo? No!" Like, I mean, they're over there doing just full-on Dallas. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. Um, but it, it's just funny. Like, when I made that joke about them funding Impact to still be around, I only halfway mean that as a joke because I could see some of these storylines being things like Vince is like, why do we never do this? This is such good. Like, but uh, uh, it's uh. it's. let me tell you, if you're not looking to watch, like, there's some good wrestling on there, too. There always is. They've always had good guys. But if you're well, if you're ready to watch some weird stuff, sometimes maybe watch Impact once yeah, or twice. By the way, that that that's where Rich Swan is nowadays. Yes, uh, he's, he's the he's champion. The champion, yeah, the impromptu. He, ju- he just beat Eric uh, Eric Young at Bound for Glory, and then he beat him in a rematch on Thursday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which by yeah, because Bound for Glory, which everybody says was, was was decent. I, I did not. Yeah, watch well, it, it was it was decent overall. There was there was some really good stuff on there. There was some okay stuff. There was you know some stuff that was just there, you know. But I mean, overall, there was it was an enjoyable show. Yeah, yeah. All right. One other uh, news story: uh, longtime uh, wrestler uh, Tracy Smothers. Uh, he was in WCW. Uh, he was in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, WWE. Mm-hmm. He uh, wrestled as uh, as uh, Billy uh, Joe Floyd, and then he wrestled yep. in ECW. And uh, as the, was, main uh, <laughs> the main man, part of the uh, full blooded uh, Italians, because you know yep. he booked himself from uh, Nashville, Italy, or Southern Italy. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Tracy uh, passed away at the age of. Uh, a 58. Uh, never like a main event type guy, but a very memorable guy. Which I gotta be, I, I gotta be honest, man. Younger than I thought he was. Younger yeah. than I thought he was, because he had been around for so long. I think he debuted in wrestling in like 82 or something like that. And yeah. he wrestled until, I think, he, I think he retired last year. And so, yeah. I mean, he wrestled, I mean, if we're 18 years, 19 years, I mean, he had a 37-year career. Yeah, he was you 20 know? when he when he started wrestling. You know, not long yeah. after he graduated high school. And then, Dude was uh, around forever. Yeah, um, I remember him in WCW uh, briefly because I didn't see a time. I was very young at the time, so it's hard to remember a lot of it. But I remember him there uh, with uh, was it Steve Armstrong? Yeah, because they had as the they Southern had the, Boys, uh, the Southern Boys, and later the uh, the Young Pistols. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they feuded with like the fabulous Freebirds and whatnot in the yeah. WCW. Yeah, yep. They had a match. I think it was like at Super Brawl with was it them? Where like um, I think the guy named Fantasia came out, which was like a different Armstrong, and interfered with the match. And then they realized, oh, we can't call him Fantasia because Disney owns that name. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never saw him again. Fair enough. So, but, but yeah, uh, he spoke him out for a long time with uh, I think in a ladder match too with Dirty White Boy. Judy Anthony or Tony Anthony. Yep. So, so uh, a long storied career. I saw a lot of my friends who work in the wrestling business um, posting about interactions with him and uh, uh, you know what it meant to uh, have worked with him and have known him. And uh, a lot of, a lot of, 
a lot of kind uh, things I saw online about Tracy Smothers oh, after the news broke. So yeah, yeah, that definitely a great career. And by the way, he's one of the many guys when Smokey Mountain folded that went to WWE. That mm -hmm. you know, Vince gave jobs to a lot of guys. I mean, you might have laughed at the gimmicks. You know, the plumber, uh, the hockey, the goon. Um, and the, but then he was um, uh, Freddie Joe Floyd. I know he feuded with uh, I think JBL, well before he was JBL, but uh, mm -hmm. was Bradshaw. Stuff, yeah, so. he, and he uh, even when he was done in in big promotions and whatnot, he still wrestled for I don't know yeah, fifteen yeah. years or more or something like that on the independents. Uh, yeah, and for yeah, a lot for a lot of years on a really still like full time schedule, like he was still busting butt. Um, and so he worked with a lot of people and had influence on a lot of people on the independents. Uh, he had he had a he had a lot of a lot of an impact, I should say, with people on the independents. Yeah. Um, but so, and, uh, in any event, uh, of course, our condolences go out to his family and friends, uh, for, uh, former, uh, wrestler Tracy Smothers. Ah, so moving on to our next subject, it's time for us to dive into our first review of the evening because one review is just not enough. No. You know, we have nothing to do. Uh, we're going to dive into NXT Halloween Havoc, which, uh, you know what? I got to be honest with you. Good show. Better than a lot of the Halloween Havocs I actually remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, towards the end of WCW, yeah. But even some well, they really were goofy, too. So. Yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't, most of the Halloween Havocs weren't great shows. There might have been stuff on them that was great, but most of them were not great shows. Yeah, I, I thought Shotzi did really well uh, in her, uh, as the host. Mm -hmm. Yes, she did, she, which I, which is good because I was worried a little bit just because she's one of the concerns with her. Is she hasn't been great on the mic. And I thought she did a fairly good job at Halloween Havoc. She came across as excited to be there and a big part, like really, really, she really, she flowed well on the show. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she owned the role in the, the creating the sparks and, and everything else. She seemed to be into it, which is, which is pretty good. She didn't mail it in. Um, right. The one thing that I've been surprising with the show. Was this? I didn't realize, like you know, like how many spin the uh, wheel matches they're going to do. I thought they were just going to save it for the last match. So I didn't mm -hmm. realize because they're basically were. I mean, I'm not saying they're like they're the same match. Obviously, one was a ladder match, then one was the Devils Playground match, which was the opening uh, mm -hmm. uh, match of the card, which was basically anything goes. Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a, a no DQ falls count anywhere. It was just it was a crazy crazy match, but uh, it was really good. Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. And uh, Damian Priest, uh, I, I kind of it, it still feels a little early to be taking the title off of him just because he was doing well as the champion, as the babyface champion. But uh, Johnny Gargano winning the title didn't seem wrong either. No, it, it didn't seem out of place. I mean, Johnny's been money lately, and it is mm -hmm. not, I, I think it would come to the point where if he wasn't winning the title after a couple of matches, you're gonna be like, well, what are they doing here? Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, now I, I guess was it. Um, Austin Theory, I guess. I mean, as, that's as the assumption is that it's Austin Theory who was in the scream. Uh, what do they call him? Ghostface. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. the Ghostface costume. Yeah. Um, that's the assumption is that it was Austin Theory who helped Johnny Gargano win, and uh, we'll 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 see another appearance from him later on the show. Yeah, and this works. I thought like when they're on top of the stage or whatever it was, you know, with mm -hmm. the wheel because Johnny hates wheels and Johnny hates this. 
Um, Johnny, you know, hates. Matt. By the way, Johnny destroying the giant inflatable pumpkin was amazing. I just want to put that <laughs> out there, like him coming out and just slashing it and whatnot. Like I was like, well, this is great. <laughs> Jeffrey, I see. The support of the pumpkin was inflatable. <laughs> no, sir. Go back and look at the old sets. Pumpkin, like pumpkin, their sets. A lot of them had inflatable type things out there in front, and I loved it. I was like, yes. Thank you for not trying to make it too new school. I appreciate the nod to the classic sets. You didn't, you didn't get the spider, though. I wanted the gargoyle is what I wanted. <laughs> the giant gargoyle, but I didn't get that. But that's okay. I still got a giant inflatable something. It made yeah. me happy. And it's weird because, you know, I didn't see the second set until later, or maybe I missed it, which we mm-hmm. saw in the ladies' match. Uh, but a uh, heck of a uh, bump for uh, Damien off the uh, set he, when he got whacked with the, uh, with the, uh, the tombstone. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, all around, really, really good match. Uh, starting yeah. to show off hot and hard to follow. Uh, but uh, Johnny Gargano, your new NXT North American champion. Yeah, uh, hot and hard to follow, which uh, brings us to uh, Santos Exabar versus uh, Jake Atlas. Yeah, and it was a good match. It was a very good match. It just it, it had the unenviable task of following the match that was just on. And they didn't quite need it. And but it was still good. It was still a good match. And it was uh, short. I mean, that is one thing. I mean, you know, you, you follow a twenty minute match with a match that barely goes three and a half. And I mean, it, it, but even in that short time that they were given, they still accomplished a fair amount. Um, I think that Atlas still looked good, and I think that Escobar and Legado del Fantasma they still work their shtick, you know, with with being cheating heels and whatnot, and yeah. the 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 gimmicked luchador mask, you know. So, but, uh, Escobar retains the cruiserweight championship again. Good. Yep. Yep. Okay. Th- this I wasn't crazy about, but maybe you could tell this maybe better than me. The uh, the haunted house and terror match. I wasn't crazy about it going into it. I'm right there with you. I I was very uh, about it. Okay. Um, but I enjoyed it uh, because the characters themselves worked in this match. The Dexter Loomis character is the the serial killer creepy weird character anyway who seems kind of out of place most of the time regardless um so he fit in perfectly as like a michael myers type stalker type character in this match and cameron grimes is a is a over-the-top chicken s heel who is an incredibly talented dude but he's he's an he's an over an over-the-top kind of guy so his selling in this, not just physically as far as the, the moves, but his selling as far as his reactions and stuff was great. I thought they did a wonderful job with this. It changed up the show a little bit. Um, it, it mixed it up for me a little bit because I haven't – now WWE's gotten the formula right. I don't come to expect one of these matches every time. So when I do get one, I'm like, okay, now here's a little change of pace, but it's not going to be every pay-per-view now or every, every special. It's it's just weird seeing this with NXT because this this seems to be more like where it should just be on the WWE side. I know it's Halloween Havoc; it's a special show, right, but right. you know you got the van pulling up. Well, they've these... already but they've already done one or two of these before. Yeah, yeah. So but I mean, I, but it's like the dinner thing where it get this bothers me. Um, you know, you, you do. You do Dave, have to... Dave hates fun, everybody. <laughs> Uh, but you know Michael PSAs uh, coming out of the. I uh, love the Michael PSAs <laughs> cameo. I was like, yeah, why not? That's yeah. great. Doot doot doot. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, Jeffrey, by the way, thinks that Grimes uh, should win that North American title once for real. Dude, I'm right there with you. I'm oh. right there with you. Grimes was on my uh, was on my uh, fantasy team and uh, up until recently. Uh, and I, what's funny is I had him and I had um, um, uh, Damian Priest on my fantasy team when they had that that multi man ladder match for yeah. the title. And so I'm like, I'm just begging for one of these two dudes to win the title. <laughs> and at one point, they're stopping each other, and I'm like, you get stop it. 
<laughs> the uh, but I agree with you. Cameron Grimes is crazy talented. I wish I do. I do hope at some point they serious up his character a little bit, um, so he doesn't become a comedy act if he makes it to the main roster. Yeah, but he. Uh, but I I do enjoy him a lot. Yeah, uh, Patrina asks, how can NXT use pay-per-view names like Halloween Havoc, Great American Bash? Uh, that's WCW and WA stuff. Uh, Patrin, when WWE bought WCW uh, back in uh, 001, uh, they uh, they had the uh, they, they got the rights to those names. Yeah, and, and they keep the trademarks going by using those names as well, so they're not letting the trademarks slip, which is very very important. Um, which is why all of a sudden they lost. Which which is why you saw AEW do Bash at the Beach because WWE hasn't been using that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So when they when they when they let that uh, slip, then somebody else can use it. Uh, a match that um, I, I thought was was pretty good, given the styles of the two, uh, Rhea Ripley versus uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Um, I was happy to see somebody like Rhea's size, like she's fighting, because sometimes I just feel like she just over, you know, it's like she's overpowering, or it's almost like Charlotte fighting Alexa Bliss, where you're like, well, this is a mismatch right here. Sometimes I feel that way, but not always, because the one thing they're really good at in NXT is making up for that. I mean, I just watched Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. I mean, Johnny Gargano's maybe six feet tall. And yeah. I mean, Damian Priest and, and, and is a tall, big dude. Too. Yeah. Uh, but it's so like NXT is very good at like doing these matches where I don't see these smaller people as lesser than. Um, so Rhea Ripley, but it was nice, like you said, to see Rhea Ripley against somebody hurt. Like really her, her built like Rhea Ripley versus a mirror almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and interestingly enough, on a show that was filled with some gimmicky stuff, it was a basic match. It was a, it was a, it was just a match, but it was really good. These two worked really well together. I was really uh, I I love Rhea Ripley, so of course I'm happy for her. But I was happy yes for um, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, yeah, because this was like her first true test on the on the NXT roster, and she looked amazing. Yeah, because it's better than just her being a henchwoman. It was nice to kind of see her in that match. I thought they matched up well. I thought the ending, you know, and I don't want to complain. It was out of nowhere. But it felt like it just came kind of quick, but it made sense with the setup because you know hitting the turnbuckle and then re-hitting your finisher. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't a lot of like teases with finishes. Dave, um, Dave, you're the one who complains when there's teases for the finish. There's too many teases. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, just end it already. So they ended it for you. Yeah, they this did. Was, yeah. This was the Dave match. <laughs> but I was just like, oh my gosh, she hit her finisher and it's over. Yeah, she did. I was expecting a kick out. See, see what they did to me? See what they've done? Well, Raquel uh, Gonzalez, I think she's a newer uh, newer prospect. I think she's somebody who came through the WWE developmental system, if I'm not mistaken. So she didn't come from that indie style of 20,000 kickouts and 40,000 super kicks and, you know, that sort yeah, of style. Yeah, I don't think we saw one super kick. But, but, I, but I, I did like Rhea in this match, and it kind of made me miss, like, the Rhea that we've been seeing for a while. I, I just thought it matched up well, and it kind of just made me miss, um, you know, but, this, this kind of style. One of the spots I loved was when Rhea went to do this the the um, senton flip off the apron, and Gonzalez catches her in the air, and then I mean hoists her back up. They did great on that spot, and just kind of running power bombs her into the the, the cage barrier thing. Like that was great. Yeah, that, that looked was good. Awesome. Uh, but one again, more good match. match. Yeah, we'll get one back. more match. You mean? <clears throat> you mean the main event of the evening? Io Shirai, the NXT Women's Champion, versus Candice LeRae. In Cable, a... ladders, and scares match. 
I could do it without the gimmicky name, but it's fine. I don't care. Um, at, at least it didn't. At least it didn't have a bunch of you know ridiculousness to it. The match was actually very good. But just the body parts, you know. Yeah, but that's fine. Whatever. Which I thought was weird is when they did the spot with the uh, she, you know she did the net breaker through the table mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're all laying there and then there's an extra arm. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> but it was good. But the match itself was good. Um, the the women busted their asses. Yeah. Uh, these two never, ever, ever come up short. And this was another one of those times they, they absolutely busted their asses. And even though I said, I thought this might be the night they go with uh champ champ for I the Gargano that. family. Thought so too. I did also say that if they don't, I could see Shotzi getting involved to stop Candace from cheating at bada bing, bada boom. Uh, that's exactly what happens. Shotzi looking good in that devil outfit. She jumps up there and stops what we're assuming is Austin theory who was helping Candice LeRae up the ladder. And uh, it was pretty great because Shotzi manages to grab this dude and carry him around like fireman style. Yeah. Or yeah. not fireman, electric chair style. I'm sorry, electric chair style. He's just sitting on her shoulders. And yeah. I was like, dang, Shotzi has some, some quad muscles. And she, uh, electric chair, drops him right onto the uh, pile of chairs. And then he just was... disappears. We never see him again. Well, poof, he's gone, Dave. He's gone. <laughs> But a great match. Io Shirai retains the title, which kind of surprised me, but I'm okay with because Io has been doing amazing as the women's champion. Yeah, great for her. Um, the ending, by the way, the bump through the ladder, they busting their butts. Um, I, Candace, uh, I think, busted hers. That just looked painful. I mean, any, any spot through a ladder is, but from that height and, and, and the distance on that. When you and I talked about it this morning, or this morning at work uh, at the radio station, Dave says, you know, I don't know how to fall through a ladder. And I'm like, but it's not like that. Like, that was that was rough looking. Yeah. But uh, by all accounts, she seems to be okay. So that's good that everybody's all right. And it was a hell of a match. So congrats to both women. Yeah, congrats. And uh, I mean, at, the, at the end, uh, Johnny Gargano came out just to check yeah. in. They didn't make a point of it. Um, but, you know, but she came out. Which, by the way, I thought I thought the announce team did a good job, which considering, you know, somebody isn't there. You, yeah. you know, Beth Phoenix is at home or whatever else. Um you know, I, I thought that was uh, – I, I thought they did a good job of that. And for her to be able to still be talking as the, everybody else goes through the table, yeah, it kind of works out that way. Yeah, agreed. But really good show. Um, I, I absolutely say go watch it for the first match, uh, which Gargano and Priest watch the Rio Ripley-Raquel Gonzalez match and watch the main event between Shura, uh, Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. Absolutely. Uh, the, 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 I mean, don't get me wrong. The other stuff's enjoyable. You can watch it. But if you're pressed for time and you can only watch a couple of matches, I'm telling you what to watch. Well, I think one other thing we, we need to mention on this is, um, you know, the angles on this. We, 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 skipped over we did skip that real quick. Well, we can do it real fast um, just because I see the time and I'm like, oh, man, we got to get moving. Yeah. We have a whole nother show to review. Uh, Pete Dunn is back. It seemed like he was going to help Kyle O'Reilly stand up to Pat McAfee and uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. And uh, lo and behold, uh, Kyle O'Reilly was the only one who realized, or the only one who didn't realize that Pete Dunn was going to betray him when he came out. The second Dunn came out, I went from, oh, cool. And then I was like, oh, he's going to betray Kyle O'Reilly. Like the second he came out, I was like, that's 100% going to happen here. But it didn't matter because it still looked, it still was well done. Um, Look, as soon as Kyle dropped the chair, the the beat down was vicious. um, And I like, I love Pete Dunn, regardless heel or face, but he was doing heel work originally when he came into WWE and NXT, and he was fantastic at it. Uh, so I'm really excited to see him be a, a, a true heel on the NXT roster. He his the move he does for the fingers I absolutely hate. I oh, hate I, you, I love it. it. I love it. 
I love no. it. Yeah, that's the point. It's supposed to. The see, you know, as my girlfriend has talked about this before, because my hand, I have this weird thing with my knuckles, right? Where they don't like like most people's hands stop like that, right? Like you bend your fingers about like maybe that far or something like that back. Yeah, mine don't do wait, no, no, no. Bend the fingers, not your whole hand. Oh. Yeah, just try to no 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 keep your hand your palms up vertical and push your, your fingers back as far as they'll go. Okay, yeah, you don't got a lot of bend in yours. All right, watch this. You ready? You ready? Ready? I'm trying to get in the camera so you can see how far back they go. Okay, okay. Your, your fingers just went like that wrestler who broke his legs uh, when he yeah. jumped off the uh, the, uh, the backyard wrestler. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah, and I can do the thumbs down <laughs> to the arm and this that, and the other thing. Yeah, I don't know why my fingers are like that. So Pete Dunn could go against me and make it look really bad, even though it'd be fine. Yeah, so um, they're just going to break up, or are they going to team together here to fight McAfee and all these guys? Now? Well, they're definitely going to team up to fight them, but I don't know if they're going to stay together after that. This might be the this might be the impetus for for them splitting up. Uh, this might be what causes the split. Yeah. So I don't know, but they'll definitely team up to fight them at least once. We got war games coming. <laughs> so there you we'll, go. The turn's going to happen there. It very well might. It very well might. There you go. Uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, overall, good show. If I had yeah. to rate it, I'm probably going to give it like an eight and a half out of ten. Uh, I'll, I'll give it an eight. I, I just thought you it, know. it had it had five uh, five uh, three good matches and two I wasn't crazy about. So yeah, I mean I, that's fair, I suppose. But uh, I enjoyed the other two more than you did, Roger. At least the one for sure more than you did. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give it a little extra. Yeah, I may have the a good angle. And look, I'm just saying, if I'm watching a normal pay per view. And you get those same kind of odds, five, you know, three, three out of five, you know what I mean? Or, or, uh, uh, what would it be like six, six out of, or five or six out of eight, uh, you know, the same kind of odds and all those matches are really good. Then that's a pretty good pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, here's my transition. We had seven for Sunday's pay-per-view <sighs> for WWE Hell in the Cell. So, uh, our truth, Drew Gulak opening uh pre-show. Okay. It anyway. happened. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, they opened the show with, I was shocked that they went with this first. The I Quit match uh, with, uh, with Roman Reigns uh, versus Jay Uso for the Universal Championship. If Jay loses, uh, he and Jimmy had to become a uh, part of uh, Roman's uh, subordinate. The most predictable of all the uh, finishes, like we knew that Jay was going to end up losing this. There was no yeah. way he wasn't. It was just a matter of how we got there. Um, again, the story was very good. Story I, was great. I loved towards the end of the match when Roman is just annihilating jay and i didn't even know who he was talking to at first right but i hear him say shut your damn mouth if he's not going to recognize me or respect me nobody is right and i'm like who the hell is he talking to and i realized they, they turn the camera and paul Heyman is leaned up against the fence looking like yeah. like like he's distraught by what he's seeing like he's begging roman to stop and i'm like see to me that's great stuff because Heyman and Roman both played their roles beautifully in that moment. And yeah. Heyman continued to, because he's so good at what he does. Uh, Jay coming or J Jimmy coming out and getting uh, involved. We, uh, you know, kind of a rehash of what happened before when he came out and threw the towel for, for Jay. Uh, but this time Jimmy, there was a great moment with, with Jimmy and Ray, uh, Roman where Jimmy's trying to get through to Roman and Roman looks like he's having a little bit of a breakdown. Yeah. And then he, he ends up locking the guillotine choke into to, uh, to Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, I think maybe one of the best lines I heard all night was, what was it? It was it was Roman when he's like, he's got the guillotine choking and he's screaming like, I will choke like the last breath out of you. Don't test me or something like that. He's just screaming it. And I'm like, dude, he's so good in this role. I wish he'd gone heel so long ago. He's so good at this. 
um, but a lot of emotion. But the, and I'll say that just because of how kind of slow the pace was for the story, I will say I'm surprised they opened the show with it. Yeah, I was surprised with that because this went 30 minutes, and you know, it, it kind of felt like you know sometimes like after a match and there's that beat down, but here's yeah. like you had the beat down in the match. The match, yeah. You, you know, at some point you're like, well, this this just has to stop because it's. Yeah. Getting, I mean, I, this almost worked better with the fact that they didn't have a crowd because I think the crowd. I, the crowd may have crapped all over this, and maybe in a in a more negative way, right? Or fact, or they might have been cheering Roman, which would have been the problem. That would have, that would have been a big problem. In the, in this I like this because the story was able to to speak for itself, and being able. And this is another thing I'm going to say that people are going to hate. I kind of like the crowd not being there for things like this because I can hear what they're saying in those moments, and it, that that is so crucial to this story. It, it worked in this particular circumstance. It's worked in it's worked in their story so far. Every every yeah, interaction yeah. they've had, um, this has been the case. Yeah, it, it it just felt more like an angle than a match. Just right, because, just because the beating was 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 so severe. well. And again, we knew what we were going to get. Jay didn't stand a chance of winning this match. No. If it if it was more up in the air that Jay might have won, it would have felt less like an angle, more like a match. But Jay just never stood a chance. It was just it was never going to happen. And, and we'll see tonight on SmackDown what 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 the role is, how willing they're going to be by the way i i will say this nice touch at the end with afa and sika coming out loved that loved that it brilliant brilliant i was wondering if they were out there to uh like like almost like jimmy be like what are you doing or so i was wondering if that was what it was going to be but no man they they like reward him for his behavior yeah and i'm like so that jimmy and jay have to fall in line the family is behind roman well you gotta think okay so yeah rikishi at some point will be involved mm-hmm. At some point, you got to figure, right? At some point. Are they going to do anything? If they put Naomi on Raw. Oh, man, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I just had an idea. What if Rikishi comes back? Because, you know, they've got to do what Roman says now. They have him doing really shady stuff. Yeah. And 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 Rikishi comes back, and he's like, I didn't raise you two like this. I didn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's trying to talk. And Roman gets mad and tells them to take out their own father. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, ooh, ooh, give me that story right now, please. Like I want that. But uh, all this is building the good stuff. These guys have been knocking it out of the park uh, since the storyline started. I'm, I'm totally into it. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it, it is good. We'll see what happens tonight. You want to turn into SmackDown to watch this? It's amazing. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the next match, uh, Jeff Hardy versus. Lyle. It happened. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, um, was it? Uh, <laughs> it was really. It, it, there, there's not much to say about it, but. You have a guy like Elias who, I'm sorry, doesn't wrestle in exciting style, and Jeff Hardy who is two steps slower than he has been previously, and his exciting style just doesn't work for me anymore because it, there's no momentum. I, there was a comment, and I think it was Jeffrey Dietz commented said, "Hopefully, there's a rematch if if they do like a plunder match, which is a bunch of instruments that would maybe be the only redeeming thing." But Elias is the same old Elias that we yeah. saw. I mean, nothing thing, is, you know, has changed with him. That Sheamus set him up, but it, it was dumb. You skip it. Skip it. Yes, absolutely skip it. Skip it. Skip it. Uh, this one I it, it intrigued me because it went away and I never thought it would go. But I enjoyed this that, more than I thought I would simply because of the chaos. Um, yeah, well, the, 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 the money in the bank contract. Which was stupid getting here. It was dumb getting here. I'm not yeah. going to even talk about that. The match itself was when it was entertaining. It didn't overstay its welcome. Um, and Tucker turns on Otis in the match and hits him with the briefcase, costing him the match, and the Miz becomes Mr. Money in the Bank, uh, which then we see almost an immediate follow-up with Otis uh, or Tucker backstage, 
and Otis uh, uh, coming back and just, I mean, a big brawl breaking out between the two of them. Yeah. So, um, um, I mean, you've already got a, you got a serious storyline there, uh, and I'm into it, uh, at least at least for the moment. At least for the yeah, moment, but- a, real, a, a more serious angle for Otis to, to, to be portrayed in. Yeah, which, which by the way, uh, apparently Tucker is back on SmackDown because you know the uh, the draft means nothing. Um, yeah, of course it does. Of course, because all of a sudden we decided we're doing the storyline, so now we need him back on SmackDown. So the reports, by the way, talking about this a little bit, I, I guess you know Vince wanted to shake it up and, and, get, and get the money in the bank off of Otis for whatever reason. Why not just put him on? Why not just draft them both the, the, the Raw? I, I hate the fact that they're breaking up a tag team when they need tag teams right now. Yeah. And, and and I mean, what happens after this? What we and Tucker, what you know, at least at least Tucker has something because we said when he went to Raw, he had nothing. He has this at least for a couple of months. Yeah, but this will last until it's over, and then one of them will be left with nothing. Yep, which will be Tucker. Yep. Uh, by the way, Chris says Tucker needs to get something going without Otis. Uh, he will struggle. Yeah, we exactly. say that, but in all honesty, Tucker's a talented dude. He's a talented big man. Yeah, and he and he can talk. So it'll be it'll. It's again. I'm going to say this. It's going to be an all in, all in how he's presented. Yeah. Uh, after this, if he's presented as just the, the was something they have a tendency of doing is shoehorning in the same thing that he was met, that they were mad at their old tag team partner for with everybody moving forward. And it doesn't really make sense. You know, like he's like, Oh, Otis wanted to make heavy machinery all about him and blah, 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 blah. And you know, he, okay, great. Fine. That works for this storyline. But then he'll pick a feel the next feud he'll have will be with, I don't know, pick a random person on the roster and it'll be because, Oh, they've always wanted to make everything about them. And it's like, I'm, I've had enough of this. And it's like, all right, well now we're, we're just, you're painting with a very vague brush across the roster at this point, And these storylines don't have any actual teeth to them. Yeah. I, I know. I'm trying to think of jobbers. He's going to fight, but if, if shorty, not shorty shorty G, but uh, I, I forgot his name all of a sudden. Chad, Chad Gable. Gable? Uh, well, Cause they yeah. haven't called him that in so long. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because you know, who's he going to, you know, fight with? I mean, uh, you know, they need the jobbers, which you don't have right now, um, just to kind of, you know, show that he's a force. Some I know they're not on the same show, but I mean, like, he could, I mean, why don't they just let him go to, to Raw? He could have beat Retribution every week. I, you know, that's what they do. That's the, that their jobbers. Uh, we'll get to Retribution in just a moment. Uh, to me, Will the, we? Uh, the, the match of the night, um, the women's uh, championship match, Hell in a Cell, Bailey versus mm-hmm. Sasha Banks. Okay, the first five minutes of this match, I thought it was a slow and plotting. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I don't know what happened. Did they change gears? And holy crap, what a match! Yeah, oh, it was fantastic. They had a great match. They had a they had a really really good match, and very different from the one we'd seen previously. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is only I think with their third match against each other, and it's been it's been years. Something like that, yeah. From NXT, yeah. And, and by and this is by far Stasha's best uh, Hell in a Cell match. She's had three consecutive years. Uh, outstanding and and the ending was great um and, and congrats you know bailey had a long reign mm-hmm. um and the sasha will drop it at the next day yep probably so <laughs> uh but I, I i enjoyed the match i did too i did too uh, very good a match I, I didn't enjoy um because they they built it up in the pre-show and then they they had it, it was just a random um i'm gonna have somebody you pick somebody from retribution that you want to fight and i'll have somebody from uh the hurt business fight and you know what we'll is put the u.s title on the line for no i thought when they did that randomly that somehow slapjack was going to win the title you can't put a title on a guy called slapjack you say that but sure they can um i, I thought that when they did that randomly it was going to be a shock factor thing you know slapjack was going to win you're gonna like what but i should have known better it's retribution there's zero chance they're winning anything ever 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 the, the um, match was four minutes long. It felt like twenty. 
how many how many matches have they had uh, retribution at least in some form they've had like they've had like four or five matches now haven't they uh i, I think they've had this is their first pay-per-view match right but and, i'm just all together they, and, i'm and like and then, and then three on the raw because the counting one on monday which uh, yeah. like i was saying like four or five matches and they've lost every single one yeah why are they a threat again they were more threatening when they were just randomly showing up and breaking things every week. Yeah. Like this is the dumbest thing ever. Put it to bed. Just let it be over with already. I am tired of it. It is such a waste of incredibly talented people. Yeah. And and the whole thing with, um, what's her name? Uh, Mia Yim. Yeah. Uh, yeah with the whole, ah, get it off me, get it off me on raw. You know, that was just, Dumb is what you're looking for. That's the word you're looking for. Undertaker is going to choke slam them all at uh, Survivor Series, and then we'll never see them again. From the Maybe we we'll get DX to just you know beat them all up and throw them in a box and ship them back to wherever and, they came and from. Pour a horse manure on them. So. Yeah, there you go. That'd be good because poop is a good, is a really funny joke. Yeah. Uh, one more match on the show. One more. You mean the <clears throat> the main event of the evening? For some reason, a third. Hell in a Cell match in the same night because you haven't gotten enough already. The WWE Champion Drew McIntyre versus the Viper Randy Orton in really what started out as a very slow Hell in a Cell match. They it was funny because Randy attacked Drew before the bell. Yeah, dressed so as a thing, cameraman. Yeah. So that 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 got going. It was like okay, fine. Like Randy's thing now is he dresses up as people. Apparently, he was a janitor and now he's a cameraman. And he's okay. That's this is Randy's thing. The Edge match earlier. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is Randy's thing now. This is his new gimmick. He is the impersonator, Randy Orton. And <laughs> how does nobody notice that our cameraman or our janitor is six foot five or six foot six and built yeah. like a uh, built like a brick s house? Like, how do you not realize that? Like, that should stand out to you. Yeah, um, like, man, that guy should be a wrestler. He's so big. Look at all the <laughs> tattoos he's got. I, how does he not wrestle? Um, in any event, uh, he, he attacked him before the bell, and that was fine. I was fine with that. And then they got in there, and it was like, okay, it's starting to slow down a little bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, Randy Orton's in there. Of course it is. Um, they, the match was still good. They worked a good match. It was, it, was a, it, was, it was well worked, but I think it was my least favorite of the Hell in a Cell matches that night. It, it, it just felt, well, plotting in, in Randy Orton style. Um, you, know, you had me going outside the ring, which uh, are the cage. Right. Which is always weird in the hell in the cell because I'm thinking like, what, what, what's going on here? It ruins um, the whole thing because the whole point of hell in a cell is you cannot escape. Yeah, yeah. These guys escape. I would say Drew. I, I wasn't from the top, but I still thought it was a hellacious table bump um, because he did a heck of a job selling it, and I, I love the blood in the mouth. Yep. Um, and he, but he, he, he's, a, he's one of the best sellers that they have. Just he's fantastic, especially for such a big guy. Because a lot yeah. of big guys, for some reason, a lot of big guys never never seem to learn to sell more than just shaking their head when they get hit. Goldberg sell, you know? He makes the, uh, the believability factor uh, yeah. you know, off the charts. Because I'm thinking, like, holy crap, like, this dude's really hurt. Just Well, you know, he, he, took, he took over from Brock Lesnar as the champion, and Brock Lesnar was actually a great seller. So <laughs> when he sold... Yeah. So, uh, you know, it only makes sense. But now, Dave, just your luck. Now, Randy Orton's the champion, so we get more WWE championship matches with a slow plotting style. Probably against the Fiend. What? Oh, no. Nowhere. But uh, but you got the RKO, and uh, there you go. Yeah. 
Yep. Randy and Randy Orton becomes the new champion. One, two, three, which I did not see coming. And I cried just a little bit. Um, but in any event, so that ended up uh, wrapping up Hell in a Cell. Uh, whew, man, I don't know how to rate this one because there was not a lot of good stuff on here. 90 minutes of the show was Hell in a Cell matches. That, and, uh, and, and then the, the other. Uh, what I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing I say every year, Dave. It's pointless. Stop doing multiple Hell in a Cell matches in one night. I get rid of Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view. It is dumb. Go back to having a normal pay-per-view and do Hell in a Cell matches when they're needed. Yeah. Not when you have to book them that way because it's October. I hate that. They have to be a blow-off for a feud. And, you know, it has to be the writing because, you know, if you know Hell in a Cell is coming, it's like, well, we can plan a blow-off for a big feud. Because Bailey and Sasha, I mean, obviously they're going to have a rematch, but the kind of match they had, that's a blow off. The match with Orton and 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 and, uh, and, and McIntyre, that would be a, a blow off. And as we saw on Raw, McIntyre's still involved. Now they got the Fiend involved. That real in reality, the McIntyre uh, uh, Randy Orton one should have the last match should have been the blow off because yeah. it wrapped up all the storylines they had going with Randy Orton. Yeah, I I, I thought after the you know the uh, the ambulance match because you and I talked like okay, so what's next for Drew? Well, yeah, more Randy. Right back to Randy apparently. Which still seems to be the pivot move, which I'm really disappointed by. Yeah, and, and maybe a part of it is, of, is what's going on right now. You know, they just don't have the rosters. I, you know, but come on. You know, I mean, I would argue there's still guys on the roster he can work with that could be, you know, viable uh, heel contenders for for Drew. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it's necessarily that they don't have guys for him to work with because they have. Um, uh, well, I'm trying to fought, th- he already fought Lashley, so well, he already fought Lashley, but I mean, like, he did that briefly. They could go back to that. I mean, for God's sakes, we watched him fight uh Randy five million times. There's no reason he couldn't fight uh, uh there's no reason he couldn't fight him once or I, once or twice again. And I, I mean, the, are, you gonna, are you gonna make the Miz a serious contender? He has money in the bank. I mean, you could. Uh, there's AJ Styles, there's um, there's oh, that. the guy who the guy who beat him for the title in NXT, Andrade. Uh, you know, I understand that he hasn't been used well in the main roster, but guess what? He was a jobber in NXT most of the time until yeah. he, and he had great matches, but he was still losing to everybody in NXT up until that point. And so yeah. he becomes the champion off Drew. I think you could have done something similar with that. You've got Braun Strowman on there. You've got, uh, I'm look, I'm just rolling through the, the names of guys they have on the roster. Uh, you could have made an argument for something with like a guy like Jeff Hardy, uh, you've got uh, yeah, let, let who's, who's not a heel, face. but that could have worked. You know, uh, Drew, Drew Gulak, who I guess is a heel now. Sheamus uh, could have. What about Sheamus? That could have worked. Yeah. Um. And if he's and I, from what I've heard, he's healthy enough to come back, and they just haven't yet. Samoa Joe would have been a great feud for him. Yes. But you know, we'll see what happens now. Rand now Randy's the champion, and we're going to get a really confusing feud with uh, McIntyre and the Fiend that I have no faith in. I, I will say I did like the mind games a little bit because Randy thought like, oh, I know what the fiend does. I'm I'm ready for this, and but he yeah. still wasn't. I I like that if they can keep that and, yeah. and just have you know the mind games going on. Which by the way, with Survivor Series coming up, and obviously obviously there's going to be a men's team and a women's team. Are the champions fighting? Because they didn't really mention that. Because I yeah, I, don't I, I thought it. I thought they did mention that at some point that they're going to fight is, each is, other. Is it going to be Orton fighting you know Roman Reigns? I mean, is that really going to be you know? Well, yeah, that's what they got. Actually, I'm looking at the card now, so it's yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that's what we're Jimmy doing. Zane, the New Day versus the Three Profits, which should be fun. It's going to be silly though. 
but yeah, of course. But, but the guy but yeah, the so they're doing it. The only reason I can figure they took the title off of Drew is because they want to save the Roman Reigns uh Drew McIntyre matchup. They don't want to give it away at Survivor Series, they want to save it. Like I could see that happening. Yeah, I, so. I, overall, I'm gonna give the show up. I'm gonna six and a half. That's probably fair. Yeah. I'll go with the six and a half. You know, I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, I mean, it's a lot. This with the kind of matches. It's a lot of, um, um, you know, fast forwarding to get to, uh, you know, the good stuff, if you will. Yeah, but I mean, like, and again, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna grade them on a curve for that. You still, it's your fault that I have to do that, so it's gonna hurt your grade. Yeah, you know, it's like that's that's <laughs> the way it's gonna be. So, in any event, uh, yeah, I think six and a half is fair. I, I was even thinking six. So I mean, six and a half just you know seems like I'm being nice. But uh, yet again, NXT did a better show than them um, during uh, yes, the same well, week. Absolutely, yeah. Almost never fails. But I, I, but I think WWE was hurt by the gimmicks more. Other than the side, but Sasha again, and Bayley but, were great. But but, but, but again, we had three gimmick matches over on NXT. They did those well. Uh, which in reality, two of them were hardcore matches. I mean, they're still very yeah. similar in that regard. And over on Hell in a Cell, it's your fault, WWE, that you had three Hell in a Cell matches. So you don't get pity from me. There's no law somewhere that says you have to have three of them. Yeah. You just decided you were going to have three of them because you have a stupid pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell. So you decided you were going to have three Hell in a Cell matches. So yeah, maybe you were hampered by that fact. But again, that's your fault. So you suffer for it. Yeah. So in any event... Uh, so that about does it. Thank you for everybody for joining us tonight. Greatly appreciate it. We got to get out of here before our, our time is up. Uh, they're, 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 they're showing us the light. We got to get out of here. Uh, again, thank you for joining us this week. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, make sure if you aren't already, you follow us on all your major podcasting apps. Just search for ESPR Wrestling. And, uh, of course, subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review. We greatly appreciate that. And then if, if you uh, want to follow us on social media, that's easy, too. Facebook.com slash ESPR99 on the Twitter at ESPR99 or email us ESPR at FM99.com. And, of course, last but not least, if you all else fails, go to FM99.com and 1069thefox.com right under the media tab, ESPR, and you will always, always be up to date with us. So until next week, when uh, we won't be reviewing things, no, we got a lot of emails to get to. So we got a lot of okay, great emails. So again, ESPRFM99.com. Send us your emails. What'd you think of Halloween Havoc? What'd you think of Hell in a Cell? Uh, what do you think of st- anything? What do you think of the the the, the Roman Reigns Jay Uso storyline going on right now? What do you think of Randy Orton as champion? Uh, did you do you have anything about Tracy Smothers that you want to tell us about with him passing away or anything like that? Um, you know anything you guys want to talk about? Which we didn't we didn't get to this week, but yeah, yeah. No, AEW with uh, was Orange Cassidy. You trying to get another title match or? Well, he he had his match with with Cody. Cody. Yeah, and he lost because it's Cody. So in any event, uh, yeah. But again, if you want to talk, if you want to talk about anything, go and send in your thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, and uh, we'll get to it next week. Until that time, remember to eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. Good night, everybody. Happy Halloween. Be safe.